Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. I titled this, this lesson, which is verse 5 in Psalm 23, I titled it God's Preparation, and it reminded me of my childhood. Uh, my mom came here when she was 10 from Italy, and she had seven boys, so she never worked outside the home, but she probably worked as hard, if not harder, than my dad inside the home. And they were the kind of parents that gave us chores, so we had daily chores. We had weekly or weekend chores, but there are other areas where they just took care of everything. And the two areas that I think of is food and clothing and washing and drying that clothing, and we never had to think about that ever. Uh, when we'd wake up for school, Mom would have breakfast laid out, and she cooked it. It wasn't cereal, you know. Uh, sometimes we begged for cereal, but she always cooked our breakfast, and then she had our lunches made, and she'd take special orders, you know, and we'd just grab a lunch bag and go to school. We'd come home. She'd cook dinner from scratch, but she always cooked some kind of dessert from scratch, and we had that after dinner. That's where all my bad habits were formed, by the way. And, and uh, so that, that was that. But in the summer, we'd get out of bed, and she'd make us breakfast, and then she'd make us lunch. What do you want for lunch? And lunch would be there, and then dinner again. And that was just our life. And then I just thought, I never worried about clothes till I went to Bible school, right? And I was on my own. But uh, we, we went to parochial school in our younger years, and we had those dress blue pants and then white cotton shirts. And mom would be up late ironing, and all my clothes would be just neatly put away. And those are things I never had to do. And there's a reason I'm sharing the story, but I do want to tell you something funny. Then I got married, right? And so when I got married, Gina and I are young, you know, and uh, I just assumed she was going to do everything my mom did uh, for me. But she was working outside the house. She worked at Thomas Still, right, in the office. And I just expected it. And she was too young to know she didn't have to do all that, right? And so it, it was good. I had two years that were amazing, right? And so she would get up at four to do her jog and then also to get dinner going, and, and it was going on, and she's killing herself. And then a couple years into it, maybe just almost two, she made soup, and I felt the vegetables weren't cut small enough. And so I made a wise crack. I could have just said, you know, could you cut the vegetables a little smaller? But no, I said, you know, you're not supposed to need a steak knife to eat soup, right? And then I saw a look come on her face. And I didn't know that look till that moment. She held off for two years. I, that was pretty good, man. She has a lot of patience. And so uh, once I saw the look, I thought, oh, no, I crossed the line. And we know that look, right? And then she came at me, and she goes, I bet your mama wiped your butt, just like that. I'm like, no, actually, she didn't do that. I, I want to tell you, you know, that never happened. But uh, she just let it, lit, lit into me, which she should have. She needed to, but, you know, she just put up with it a little too long. And it, it was at that point I realized, you know what, since we're both working, we have to share share some of the things at home. And that's when I saw something that I never saw before. But the reason I shared the whole story, that was just to have some fun and tell on Gina. But uh, <laughs> the reason I shared the story was that it was always prepared, the food. It was always on the table. And it was the most amazing thing. You know, if we had nine people at our table, seven boys and mom and dad, and so we had a lot of leaves, it was a long table. And uh, if the meatballs were up near my dad and I was sitting further away, 
I would just simply say, Dad, pass the meatballs. And Dad didn't get up and make meatballs. They were already made. They were sitting on the table, and they had hot sauce on them, and they were steaming, and you could see the steam coming off. And I'd just say, pass, pass the meatballs, Daddy. And Daddy would pass the meatballs, but he didn't have to make them. And God did that for each and every one of us. In certain areas of our life, everything we could ever need has already been prepared, and that's what this psalm is about. And I have a big idea for this lesson, and it's, if we can grasp it, it will really help us as we walk through life. And it goes like this. God planned for us to live an overflowing life in an overwhelming world. So notice, he planned it. The meatballs are already made, guys. For us to live an overflowing life in an overwhelming world. And we'll talk about what that overflow is because we know we're gonna have problems as we walk through life. But I just think of the world we live in and it can be overwhelming. Can we all agree that some things we go through, we go through together, right? Like COVID-19, didn't we go through that together? And we all felt the same pain and the same fear. Um, currently, we're going through high gas prices together, right? And going through inflation coming up. How about the supply chain, you know, uh, not having all the supplies. If you tried to get a car the last, you know, year, uh, they don't have the chips, they can't sell the cars. And so we all experience things together. Uh, if a storm hits the area, our lights go out, we experience things together. But then we all are hit individually and life can be really overwhelming. And there's some times in life where those storms just hit us like crazy, right? And we walk through some tough times and it's really important for us to understand that God has some things that he wants to flow into your life and he wants it to be overflowing. And we'll talk about those things because those things are things like life and peace and joy and strength. Oh, the strength of God is an amazing thing. And there's all kinds of things. We're going to talk about that. But you know what else God wants to do? He wants to meet your nat natural needs, your financial needs. And those are all the things that this psalm today talks about, verse 5 of Psalm 23. And so let's read our verse. It goes like this, Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That means, you know, right here on the earth, right? That's where we're walking. But this is sheep talk. Uh, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. And when you and I read this, we're not always sure what does it mean. And I remember when I was preparing for this, I bought the two best recommended books on this subject, and I read them and highlighted. And I was amazed at some of the sheep talk that was in here that I never understood. Like anointing your head with oil, that is sheep talk, and it is amazing. And it paints a picture for what God wants to do in our lives today. And the cup overflowing, it paints a picture. It's amazing. But Preparing a table paints a picture. So let's talk about that first. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Do you know that in Bible days there was actually, and there still is today, if you go into especially the Middle East and some third world countries, uh, the, the shepherds take their sheep to table land. It's actually called table land. It's elevated land. It's higher up. And they take the sheep there in the summer. Guess where the table land was that David, when he was a shepherd, took his sheep to. Guess what he had to do to get to the table land? He literally had to go through the valley of the shadow of death, the bloody valley, the bloody pass. And once they got through that pass, that was last week's, right? 
Though I, uh, you know, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Once they got through there, they were at this elevated table land. Imagine three or four football fields in size. And here's what's so cool about it. Here's where the preparation comes in. In the spring, the shepherd would go up there. He'd take some guys to help him, had some other people watching the sheep. He'd go up without the sheep in the early spring because they would bring them up there in the summer. And he would look that over and he would fill any holes. He'd replant grass and he'd make sure it was gonna be lush, beautiful grass. And sheep are allergic to a lot of things like red maple leaves and acorns and ragweed. And then there's a lot of things that are poisonous to them. So he'd go through every inch of that ground and he'd pull everything up that could possibly be poisonous to them. But then he would bring salt and minerals and he'd just lay it out all over that beautiful tableland so they would have that in the summertime. And then he'd bring these empty barrels and he'd place them in strategic places and they would fill some with grain and some with water. And when he was done, he made sure every creek was clear, everything worked perfectly, and then he would bring the sheep up. And that's what God's saying to you and I. He's prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. So they're still in the world. They had to go through the valley. There's still predators up there. The shepherd has his rod and his staff. He's protecting them. But right there in the crazy world that they lived in, overwhelming enemies, the table was prepared. And we'll talk about what that means to us, and we'll see it even more clearly when we get to our cups but there's a couple of scriptures in the Bible that I think are so important. And one of the coolest ones in, in 2 Peter, this is New Testament, and it talks about God preparing a table for us. Listen to chapter one, verse three. God's divine power has given us, notice it's past tense, it has been given, has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. We'll talk about that in a moment. This power was given has been given, it's already given, to us through knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and integrity. Translated, when you accepted Jesus as your savior, all these things were given to you. So notice, everything we need for life and for godliness. So think about your life as you walk through life. And it's overwhelming at times, right? As you and I walk through this overwhelming world, God says everything you need to make it through has already been given to you. I want you to just think about that. So no matter what you're going through, God has life, God has power, God has strength, God has joy, God has peace. And, and he wants to bring it into each and every one of our lives. He doesn't have to go make the meatballs. It's already there. It's already set out, the minerals and the salt and the grass and everything is laying there. We just need to figure out how to pull it into our lives. But then I like the fact he says everything we need for godliness. That's just, you know, you and I reacting like God reacts. And isn't that tough to do sometimes, the fruit of the Spirit, you and I reacting the way God would in a situation. But everything you need to react the way God would has already been given to you. That's why the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit being inside us. We, God gave us the ability to turn the other cheek. He gave us the ability to pray for our enemies. He gave us the ability to love our enemies. He gave us the ability to walk through a COVID-19 and do it with a head of peace. And all that's been given. We'll find out what we do to pull it into our lives in a moment. But I love the way God talks about the spiritual things because the peace, the joy, the strength, that's all the spiritual things. And here's an, another verse, Ephesians 1 and verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense. You've already been blessed. 
God doesn't have to make it. It's already there. He's given it to you. He has blessed us, the Bible said. And you and I have to remember that with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. That, that just means you accepted Jesus. So when you accepted Jesus, another way of saying it, notice what he did. He blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Heavenly realms just means the unseen world. It's not just way up in heaven, but it's here. It's that unseen world. And he's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. And so again, life and peace and strength and all those things, joy, those are the spiritual blessings. God's poured them out in abundance. And guys, that's why I get excited when I say God planned for us to live an overflowing life in an overwhelming world. It's already been done. But the question is, how how do we pull pull it in? Well, He anoints my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Let's take a moment and talk about this. This is sheep talk again. And so in the summer, they take the sheep to this beautiful tableland, and then they had two really major issues. One was flies. We'll talk about that first. And they had these flies called nose flies, or if you were sophisticated, you said nasal flies. And uh, the sheep were terrified of these flies, and you're going to find out in a minute why they were. But if these flies just began to buzz and they didn't have a good shepherd, they just saw them buzz by, right? Just buzz by. They would go insane. And they would literally go like this with their head. And, and, and that's just them trying to make sure, shoo, shoo, shoo. And they would run back and forth doing this all day long. And they would fall from exhaustion. That's how afraid they were of these nasal flies. And do you know why? These flies would fly up their nose and they would burrow into the soft inside membrane of their nose, and they would lay eggs. It was so painful. But then when the eggs hatched, those little larvae, they would, they would burrow further in for nourishment and food, and it drove a sheep insane. As a matter of fact, they would beat their head on a tree. Once those flies got in, they'd beat their head on a tree till they literally killed themselves, or on a rock. And these flies drove them nuts. But you know what the shepherd would do? As soon as he saw the flies out, a good shepherd, and Jesus is our good shepherd, so he wants to do this for you and I. We'll, we'll tell you what it means for us. He would pour oil over their head, and then he'd rub it all over their nose and get it inside, you know, the nose. And guess what happened? Those nasal flies could not get into their nose. And as soon as he did it, even if the flies were all over out here, the sheep calmed down. They were like, ah. Just like what God wants us to be able to do as we walk through this overwhelming world, right? They were just at total peace once the oil was on because they knew these guys aren't getting up my nose and they're not going to mess with me. Well, we're going to talk to you about what that means for us. What's that a picture of? But can we talk about their other problem? It was a parasite. These parasites would get on their skin and they would cause these huge scabs that itch like crazy. And so they would just rub on a tree again. They would just destroy their wool, their skin. They'd have blood and open sores just because it itched so bad and these parasites were so bad. But here's what else happened. Uh, If they just brushed with another sheep, the parasite would jump to them and they could have the whole flock have these scabs and this parasite and they're they're not going to produce anything when they're in that kind of stress. So you know what the shepherd did for that? They'd dig a big hole and they'd fill it with oil and they'd have them walk through and they'd take oil baths. And that oil would kill the parasites, but it also would stop parasites from jumping on them. So they'd do it with all the sheep and they'd be able to go through the summer without the parasites, without the flies. And that's what a shepherd literally did. And that's what 
God was writing. He was writing this through David, who was a shepherd in his early days, put it in sheep talk. But then we have to ask ourselves the question, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? And I think the first one's a no-brainer, right? Because it's dealing with the head region, right? And you and I, we talked about it a little last week for another reason, but our enemy can put thoughts in our head and he will just get into our head. He'll burrow deep in there and he'll antagonize us with, you're going to fail, you're not gonna make it, God doesn't love you, people don't love you, you're a loser, you're gonna, you're gonna just be destroyed. And those thoughts just hit us, all kinds of thoughts. And God has an oil he wants to put on you to stop that from ever happening. We'll talk about that oil and how you can make sure you get your hands on it. And then I think of the parasites and I just think of them, it's spreading as they rub against each other. And I think of you and I walking through the world. And can we agree as we walk through this world, people offend us, people hurt us, people get on our nerves. I bet you everybody in this room could stand up and say, so-and-so's getting on my nerves. And hopefully it's not the person next to you. But all of us could stand up and talk about at work, this is bugging me. Uh, this is bugging me with a family member. My mate keeps doing this and they won't change, you know. And, and there's always someone that's getting on our last nerve, right? And God wants to anoint you with an oil to be able to handle your boss, to be able to handle your workplace, to be able to handle your kids, your parents, whatever it is, he has an oil bath he wants to get you into. So uh, all we need to do is figure out what is this oil and how do we get it into our lives? And it's really simple, guys. It goes like this. It's just simply the oil of the Holy Spirit. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And it's not weird. The word anoint means to rub on. And so God just wants to rub some things into our life and on our lives and stop the nose flies. And he wants to also stop those parasites from spreading in each and every one of our lives. So we need to talk about that anointing. And it shows up in so many different ways. I think of Pastor Rick Fritz, who I'll have minister at times. And, and he, he's, uh, you know, he preaches and teaches on healing. And then he prays for people. Every time I watch him pray, I see an anointing on him. It's not weird. He doesn't do anything weird. But you can just sense God's presence is on him. So it shows up that way, but how about for us as we go through the week, right? That's special. That's an anointing on a minister. But how does it look in my life? How does it look in your life while we're going through the week and we're in a meeting that's really tough and trying? We're dealing with something that's tough and trying. What does it look like in our lives? So I wrote it down. I, I thought of just preaching it, uh, and I don't do that good when I preach, but I thought of it, but I, I figured I'll, I'll forget some of it. And so before I read it, just a reminder, if you want to ever get anything that comes up on PowerPoint, you want to see it again, just go to believers.cc, our website, click this lesson, and then you'll see notes, or download our church app, and when you're on this lesson, you'll see notes and everything on the PowerPoint, including what we're about to read, will come up. And, and here's what the anointing, when I talk about the oil of God, Here's the different ways it can show up. What does the Holy Spirit anointing look like in the presence of our enemies? It's inner strength to help you make it through. It's joy to refresh you. It's inner peace to bring you rest. It's wisdom to help you navigate. It's power and boldness to help you resist the enemy. It's God's life to enable you to minister to others. It's love to help you turn the other cheek. It's grace to help you walk holy or to walk through the toughest of situations. And I could have went on and I could have went on, but that's the anointing that God wants to give you and I in our life. So how do we say pass the meatballs, right? Uh, my dad, and 
in the last five, six years of his life, he basically called everybody a cacoots, and, and that's Italian for pumpkin head. And uh, he, he used it a lot. And so th- when I got older, if I was having dinner, I'd say, hey, cacoots, pass me the meatballs, right? So, so how, do, how do we say to God, hey, pass the meatballs? And guys, that's that simple thing called prayer, right? We just pray. We ask God for things, and he'll give us what we ask for. Remember, he doesn't have to make what we need. It's already abundantly been given. And here's a prayer. This is a prayer you should pray for yourself all the time. Pray for your friends. Whenever someone's going through a tough time, great prayer to pray. And it goes like this, Ephesians 3.16. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources. So Paul's praying uh, for the people in Ephesus, the church, and God has unlimited resources, right? He's made plenty and plenty of what we need. It says, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And I want you to just think about that. You're going through a tough time. You want to quit. Uh, you're frustrated. Life is such a pain. And, and I can pray for you and say, God, give them inner strength. And that anointing will come on you. That oil will come all over your head and it will bring peace into your life. But you can pray that way for people you love and you can pray that way for yourself. And you can pray that way for more than just inner strength. That's what the anointing is. Another way for you and I to have the anointing, guys, and I try to say this four or five times a year in different ways, and, and, and a lot of you have experienced it, and a lot of you say, I'm going to try that out, right? And it's just worship. It's just singing a worship song. You know, the Bible teaches God inhabits the praises of his people. It's not weird, but it's just like that coating. That oil just gets on our life. And then life is just a little easier to walk through. So since I'm, I pastor a church and I'm always helping people through their problems and I'm always hearing all the negative things people are going through and, and I need to stay happy and alive, right? You don't want me to come up here and say, oh, life is so bad, it's so tough. Oh, my life is just a mess. You want me to have some life in me, right? You want to have some life in you, right? We want that to happen. So I notice worship does that. So every morning, it's two or three worship songs I sing every morning. And I know I'm a pastor and I better be doing that, right? But it just changes my life. It primes my puff, it pump, it makes me different. It changes everything in the day. Can all of us agree, everybody listening, guys at TCI, Borman, online, here in Warren, that if you sing during our worship service, if you literally sing and you let it come out of your heart and you're literally worshiping God with that song, can you agree you feel better at the end than you did when you walked in? Isn't that true? That's the anointing, man. It's just, that's all it is. It's the presence of God. So worshiping will bring that. And then if you're charismatic, praying in the spirit will bring that. And I've been charismatic since the day I accepted Jesus. God filled me with the spirit the same day I accepted him. Never heard what it was. It blew my gaskets, but God did it. He decided to do it, right? Uh, So we have a connect group here called the God I Never Met. And we go through an incredible curriculum to help you If you want to know more about being filled with the Spirit, it will just walk you through. Pastor Bill does it. Go to believers.cc, click groups. Uh, He has one live that meets here on Wednesday, but he has another one that's online. You don't even have to drive to it. So that's all happening too. And when I pray in the Spirit, when I worship, when I ask God, that anointing just begins to come. It's an amazing thing. And you can have it too. And so whenever I teach on this, someone will come up to me a couple months later. They'll say, I've been just playing worship music when I drive my car. And it's amazing. They don't do it all the time, but they make sure they do it at least once through the day. And they say, it's amazing how easy it is to walk through the day. Why? God's pouring pouring oil on your head. The nose flies aren't getting in as well, are they? No, you're keeping the nose flies out and you're keeping the scabs and the parasites off your life. So uh, here's the last part. I like this part too. My cup 
runs over. This is just abundance. This is God meeting your natural needs, and he really wants to meet them. And you'll notice it never gives prerequisites. Uh, God will make sure your cup flows over if you're living during this time, but if you're not living during this time, he won't. No, God made us a promise that he wants to supply all of our needs. And you've heard me say this if you've been to believers any length of time. My default is being negative. I see the glass by default half empty. And uh, Do we have any people like that? Are you man enough, woman enough to admit it? Yeah, that's me. I see everything half, half full. Now, I, I don't live that way. I've superseded it. I learned how to supersede it. And the biggest secret I learned is to just always give thanks. The Bible says, give thanks to God in all things. The Bible says, give thanks to God for all things. And that doesn't mean for your troubles. It just means everything good he does, give thanks. In every situation, give thanks. So as I walk through a time like this where gas prices are going up, inflation's going up, supply chain is messed up from COVID and all the things that are happening, I just learn to give thanks. And when, whenever this life is trying to bring me down or whenever I have a need here at the church or in my life, I just begin to give thanks. I just thank God that no matter what's going on, he's promised to supply all my needs according to his ability. And I remember as a church, you know, we used common sense. We, we went into COVID. We had to cancel services. And we knew our, our finances were going to tank. So we cut all expenses really big. We, we cut these expenses, said, well, let's just not spend money. Let's not do this. And yet, you know what we did as we walked through it? We gave thanks. We just thanked God that he would meet all of our needs according to his abilities. And you know what we saw? We saw God come through and meet every single need. I watched God meet people's needs. I watched God meet my needs. And so I want to encourage you, don't allow negativity to get onto your life. But when you have a problem, you say, there's nothing I can thank God for. Well, yeah, there is. Thank him for what he promised. Thank him for what he did before. And it's amazing what happens. You come up to a place to where the life of God is just flowing in you. That anointing's released again because God has promised that your cup's overflowing. He's promised to meet every need in your life and you can ask him to meet those particular needs. And I like this verse of scripture. It's Psalm 65, verse 11. You, God, crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. Did you get that? Even those tough times we walk through, there's something God has there for you, whether it's what we talked about, the anointing, the life of God. But he says, I even want to meet your needs during the tough times in your life. And I really believe if I can get us God-focused and giving thanks, we could see God do a lot more things. We could see a lot more answers to our prayer. And there's an example in the Bible I just think it's an amazing example. It has to do with an Old Testament character. His name was Joseph, and Joseph's brothers hated him. Uh, he had 11 brothers. They hated him, and uh, so they sold him to slavers, and the slavers took him to Egypt and sold him as a slave. I just want you to think about that. The story's in Genesis 38, if you ever want to read it, or if you haven't read it in a long time. It's a powerful story. So he was a slave with Potiphar in his house, but then he was betrayed and lied about, and he was thrown into prison. And what's amazing is you read his story that no matter where he was, God blessed him. God has promised your cup is running over. He's promised to meet your needs. Did he go through a tough time? Yeah, was prison tough? Yeah, it was tough. But God's hand was on him. And I want to read you one verse about Joseph, and I want you to think that you have never had it this bad, but God met his needs. Genesis 39, 2. The Lord greatly blessed Joseph there in the house of his master so that everything he did succeeded. 
and I like that. And how about if you and I just walk through life? I notice with the news, if I watch the news, uh, and some of them are great with the facts, but they give you all the facts and you just feel like yucky. You feel like, I think I should die. I think I should, I don't think I want to live anymore. Because all they do is tell you what's going on, but they, they don't give you any solutions. And that's not their job. I'm not saying it's their job. So I've learned after, you know, I, I, I hear what's going on because I want to know what's going on. So I hear what's going on. I've learned to say, well, that's all good. But God, but God said, my cup shall run over. But God made me this promise and God made me that promise. And I'm not receiving this doomsday. No matter what I have to walk through, God's going to walk me through it. And God's going to see that my head's anointed with oil and my cup's running over. Your head's anointed with oil and your cup's running and over. And guys, can we just take a moment and say, thank you, God, for your promises online in Borman? Yeah. Thank you, Lord God. Our cup runs over. Our cup runs over. It's a good time to pray. Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this incredible part of the Bible. And we thank you for this verse. We thank you for one verse being left, Lord. Well, we thank you for what you ministered to our hearts on this day. And Lord, with our heads bowed, our eyes closed in an attitude of prayer, we're just going to take a moment. Guys, I just want you to whisper this. Just thank God for everything you have. Would you find some things that he's blessed you with and thank him for it? Then for those of you that are on the hard path, would you thank him that he promised to meet your needs on this hard path? Yeah, thank you, Lord God. Lord, I thank you for ministering to people that are hurting. We thank you that you're the God that comforts us and walks us through the toughest times. And we thank you, Lord, that there's an abundance of life that you have to pour into our lives to help us walk through the toughest times. Just stay in an attitude for heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your forever. You're not sure of your eternity. And I want to speak to you for a moment. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've not been to church. Maybe you've not been to church in a long time. Maybe you believe God exists. Maybe you believe he doesn't. But heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, listen. There's only one being in all the universe that can open your eyes up to Jesus, and it's not me. It's God. And he can open our eyes up. And I remember when I was 19, he opened my eyes up, and I saw Jesus, and I saw who he was, and, and I believed in him. But God had to do it. Nobody else could do it. A lot of people planted seeds in my life. And I know some of you have had seeds. People have shared with you. But I believe for some of you, this is, this is the day God opens up your eyes. And here's what I'm asking. What have you done with Jesus? Do you remember a time when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of God, and I accept you as my Savior? The Bible says whoever calls on his name, God will save them. He died for the sins of the whole world. If you call on his name, God will save you. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening, you say, you know what? I'm ready to do that today. I want to pray with you right now. And, and a miracle is going to happen. And the rest of us are going to help you pray. Over in Borman, the guys at TCI, they're so excited to help you pray. And then online, we're going to, we're going to pray for you and with you. And others online are praying right now and here in Warren. So if you're praying this for the first time, mean it. The rest of us, let's pray it out loud with them, help them. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained. And that's why this day I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sins. 
God raised you from the grave and I accept you this day as my savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.